The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. Opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And here we are at uh, five minutes after one o'clock. Glad you are joining us. A beautiful, absolutely picture-perfect Sunday. So uh, some time and an afternoon for you to relax, enjoy your day, and grab a phone if you have questions about employment, be it your job, calling on behalf of someone else. Maybe it's a COVID-19 thing still. Maybe you're heading back to work. Maybe you're just confused. We are doing a live show, of course, here, and the phone call Anytime, 416-870-6400. That is the number to call in and ask your questions. You want to send an email along. We'd like to field some of those as well. That is help at employmentlawyer.ca. But like I said, the best way to get some quick answers, accurate, and send you down the right road is to make that phone call now as we uh, go on till uh, just before 2 o'clock this afternoon, 416-870-6400. Lior, what's going on, my brother? Johnny, uh, good to be back here. Beautiful day and uh, you know, nice weekend. But uh, you know, tomorrow, uh, many of us are going back to work, and those that are may have questions, and and those that are not may have even more questions about should they be going back to work, how long they can stay off work, or do they have to? So if you have questions about your job, your employment, your income, your severance, your layoff, you name it, now is the time, now is the place to give us a call right now. Let me answer those questions. I've said this uh, before uh, since COVID started that employment laws are still here. They're still available to protect you. So give it a chance. Give us a chance. Mm -hmm. Let's answer those questions and hopefully make you understand what your rights are, what your options are, and talk about some strategy in terms of how to deal with your workplace problems. Or if you don't want to do that, you, you, you just want to have a private conversation, you're not comfortable getting on air, not a problem either. Give me a call or email me off air. We'll give you that information uh, throughout the show. But John, let me start by some things that came across my desk over the past week. Uh, so the government of Ontario, uh, this time last week, announced some changes to the Employment Standards Act. And in those changes, try to suspend temporary layoff, essentially to make it so that temporary layoffs right now are not really temporary, there's no time limit on them, and also to try to give the employer the right to reduce pay and reduce compensation. Well, guess what? It doesn't do that. It actually doesn't do that. You still have a right to treat your layoff as a termination. Your employer still does not have a right to reduce your pay more than 10%. And uh, this, this matter that I had to call on about Wednesday this week is a good indication. This person that called me, he had been on a temporary layoff for some time, I believe since uh, since April, and his he expected his uh, 13 weeks to, to end very soon, and uh, he was hoping to go back to work. Well, he got a note from his employer this week saying, because of these changes that the government has made, we're going to keep you on a layoff. We The employer said, we don't have to call you back right now, so we're going to keep you on and, and we'll let you know if and when we're able to call you back. So first thing he did, smart man, he called me. And he wanted to know, my gosh, Lior, that's bad. I was hoping to go back to work now. Can they keep me in limbo indefinitely? So, John, the answer here is absolutely not. No, they cannot do that. The changes the government have implemented, has implemented, do not actually impact your actual legal entitlements. It applies to the Employment Standards Act, not what we call your common law rights, which is the right that our legal system applies. So the bottom line is this. Whether you've been laid off uh, and you don't know if it's going to be a week, two weeks, six months, it doesn't matter. You have a right to treat that layoff as a termination. I'm not saying that you have to. You, you don't have to, but if you want to, you can treat that layoff as a termination. Now, if you choose not to treat it as a termination, if you choose to mm-hmm. accept it, 
the changes that the government has implemented means that you can stay on layoff now indefinitely until six weeks after the state of emergency ends. But that's only if you choose to accept the layoff. Bottom line is you still have the choice, you still have a right. If you don't know if your employer is calling you back to work, if you don't want to be waiting, if you need your severance money right now because you need to live, give me a call. We can absolutely help you get it. Again, 416-870-6400. That is the number to call in, ask your questions. Uh, we are live here until just before 2 o'clock, so, uh, so bring it on. We'll get to Anthony. Anthony, thanks for calling through so quickly. How are you this afternoon? How are you guys? Great, man. What's, uh, what's on your mind? Uh, yeah, I'd just like to know if you're called back to work and they've reduced your hours, can you still apply for EI? So the answer, Anthony, is, is no. Uh, they you cannot apply for EI. Now, you could get CERB if you're making less than $1,000 uh, a month. So if you're making less than $1,000 a month because of this reduction, you can get CERB, and that would be the only option. If it's more than 1000 unfortunately not. But as I was saying earlier, one of the, the rights that you have if your pay is reduced more than 10% is you have the right to treat that as a constructive dismissal. You don't have to accept the pay reduction and you can uh, choose to treat that as a termination and get your severance. So you either accept the pay reduction and now you're doing it at a reduced rate or you could treat that as a termination. Now, Anthony, if you choose to accept the pay reduction and continue working, at least tell your employer in writing, send an email that you expect to be brought back to your normal pay as soon as possible. You don't want it to look like you've just accepted this pay reduction because then your employer may never increase it back. So those are your options, Anthony. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Anthony. Appreciate that. And uh, we'll take a short break here, get right back into it. And today it's common misconceptions with respect to severance. Yeah, that's our topic in your emails as well. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. But the number to call in, just like Anthony did, get some quick answers. That's how it happens. 416-870-6400. It is 111. We'll be right back at it. Employment Law Show, Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. It is 1.15. We are back at it. A live call-in show, as you know, Employment Law Show, 416-870-6400 is the number to call in. You want to email us. Uh, we'll get to some of those later. That is help at employmentlawyer.ca. And anytime when we're not on the air and uh, you're just on your own, you want some information, simply go to Pocket Employment Lawyer. .ca, absolutely free, anonymous, and there is a ton of wonderful information on that side uh, as well. But in the meantime, phone calls, bring them on 416-870-6400. Common misconceptions with respect to severance. You nailed this down to what? 10, maybe, if I could see here. You could have done 10,000, but uh, you took a little time whittling this down, this one down, <laughs> right, Lior? Yeah, well, we really want to talk about these these misconceptions. You're right. There's a lot of them. And every week, I almost seem to hear about a new one that I, I didn't even know about before. But when yeah. it comes to severance and, and misconceptions, the reason why we want to talk about this now, because this is more important than ever. Uh, unfortunately, unemployment rate is the highest it's ever been. Uh, over almost 14% now means a lot of people have lost their job. So your rights when it comes to your severance are that much more important. You cannot believe things that are not true. So we're going to try to give you the actual truth and tell you things that you can absolutely disregard. 
Common misconceptions with respect to severance in between your calls. First one is this. It is up to the company to decide uh, how much severance an employee is owed. Really? Really? Right. Go ahead. So remember, what John's going to be reading is misconceptions, things that are yeah. wrong, that are false. And, yeah, probably the biggest one and a great place to start is that really the company gets to decide how much they want to pay me, what's fair, what's right. No, it is not. Now, it's not up to you or to me either. The law that makes that determination. Only the law can determine how much you are owed. So it's important to remember that because if you think about it, it doesn't matter what your employer wants to pay you, thinks they should be paying you, or, or believes that is right. It doesn't matter. The law makes that determination. So if you think about that, everything else kind of falls into place. I've seen many situations where uh, a company says to someone, well, you know, we've decided that this is the appropriate amount. Well, nonsense. In most cases, over 90% of cases, employees are offered significantly less than what they're owed because either the company doesn't know better or the company wants or to think that the employee doesn't know better. So the law makes that determination for everyone. If you want to know how much you're actually owed, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca is your friend, is your resource. There's a severance calculator component in there. But no, the law makes that determination. It doesn't matter what your employer thinks or wants. We are talking about common misconceptions with respect to severance. In the meantime, you want to call 416-870-6400, ask a question uh, for your own satisfaction. Different size companies, well, they have different severance obligations. I, I got an email today from someone who said that her friend, when she was let go, consulted with a lawyer. Uh, she, yeah. By the way, this lady worked for a company for 12 years, let go, consulted with a friend of hers that's a lawyer, obviously not an employment lawyer, who said, no, no, you work for a small company, so they don't have to pay you severance. Wrong. Nonsense. I couldn't. I don't even know what the right word is to say. It's simply false. Okay, yeah. size of the company does not matter when it comes to severance. Big company, small company, all the same. Okay, the factors are your age, your position, and the length of your employment. You may go online, read incorrect information. Forget about Google University here. Forget about talking to your uncle Bob, who one day, once twenty years ago, lost his job. It doesn't matter, right? The law makes that determination, and if. You work for a company, small or big, you're going to be owed severance, and usually it's going to be months, not weeks. So size of the company, irrelevant. Even if you work for a small shop with one other employee, you're going to get the same severance as if you work for a company with a 1,000 employees because, again, the factors are your age, your position, and the length of your employment. You know, some of these have you scratching your head. You could have sworn it was true because your neighbor Steve told you it was true. It's going to be a misconception, and this is where you're getting the real information. The next one is this. You get severance only if you did nothing wrong. It's the only way to get severance. (laughs) This is when I get off, and, well, you know, I I did something wrong, or the company said that I did something wrong, so I, I, I guess I don't get severance. Let's be very clear. The only way you can be deprived of severance It's not if you did something wrong. It would have to be either a lot of wrong things or just something that's so bad that it's just impossible to continue employing you. Making a mistake, you know, screwing up, uh, maybe even getting uh, doing something that requires discipline does not mean you can be deprived of severance. The only time you can be deprived of severance is if the company has just cause, and just cause means that you're guilty of the worst conduct that you can be guilty of. So you may have done something wrong and you say, you know what, it's my fault. It's my mistake. Yeah, they're right. I shouldn't have done it. 
that does not mean they can let you go without severance. In most cases, when a company says we have cause, in fact, it's not cause. It's very difficult to establish cause. So give us a call. Let's find out. And by the way, John, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca has a tool that allows you to figure out whether, in fact, the company had cause to let you go. We'll take a short break. Get to uh, more of these. You want to send along an email? That is, uh, that's fine. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. As just mentioned, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. The website available anywhere you have a device is fantastic to use as well. But the quickest way, really, over the next uh, 40 minutes or so is 416 870 6400. Line up your calls. We'll get right to them after a short break. Employment Law Show on a beautiful Sunday afternoon here on Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. It is 123 and welcome back indeed. Employment Law Show. The number is uh, 416-870-6400 to call in, ask your questions. You want to send an email along, we'd love to talk to you that way as well. Answer them. Help at employmentlawyer.ca and we'll get back to common misconceptions with respect to severance after we uh, get to a phone call here again. Now, always our top priority would be our phone callers and our listeners. Chris, how are you? Good afternoon. Hey, how are you? Good. What's uh, What's on your mind, man? Yeah, no, um, I just have a question. I was wrongfully uh, dismissed. Well, that's my claim. I mean, the employer um, in my letter said that they dismissed me with cause, right? Um, I don't want to get into too many specifics, but it was, it was uh, you, could, you could say it's a form of some kind of misconduct that the employer deemed, you know, was, was necessary to, based on, from what my understanding is, it's hearsay, like just on what conversation that was misconstrued between me and another employee or, you know what I mean, and they they took the measure of of uh, of, of letting me go. Right now, I am unionized, so I, I know how that changes things as well. Um, I just don't know what like what would I be entitled to if it was even like severance. Like I've been like a 15 year employee, um, make like 52 grand a year. I'm 46, but there's things that complicate the thing because I was under accommodation with my employer um, at the time, like for doing certain tasks physical manual tasks right so i mean like my my employment um opportunities are kind of limited based on my experience and my job that i had before right so chris uh, in as a unionized employee you actually don't get severance what you do have a right to do is to get your job back so if the company didn't have cause they'd have to put you back to work and potentially also pay you back pay uh, for the time that you've been off, but no severance. Now, the only one that can help you pursue this is your union. I'm, I'm sure they already have, and they can file a grievance. So that's the remedy. So every time we talk about severance and how much you're owed if you lose, lost your job, really that applies to non-union employees. For a unionized employee, the, the rules are completely different. Essentially, you cannot be let go at all, severance or no, unless there's just cause. If you are let go improperly, then you have to get or the employer would have to reinstate you. Okay. I just what, one more quick thing. I just wanted to say that because sure. I, I was a union steward before where I was present in a situation where an employee was let go. And basically how it all, I, by the time everything was all said and done, the employer didn't want them back based on prior attendance issues, whatever. So that he did get some kind of a settlement. So I guess that just gets to be an agreed amount upon amount because they don't want the employee back. I don't know. You know what I mean? Well, 
yeah, well, that employee would have to agree. It's not up to the employer. They may not want him back. They, they may have to. But if the employer and employee want to agree on the employee not coming back, it's up to them to come to terms on oh, what okay. they, they would agree to. Uh, but that's between the employer and the employee and the union. Uh, legally speaking, if there's no cause, your employer has to reinstate you. Okay. Well, it's cause based on, from what I gather, I haven't went to my actual meeting yet to determine uh, for sure what the evidence that's that's against me, you know what I mean, that's been revealed right. as to the reason why why I've been fired. But, but as, as far as what I gather, um, just from hearing from being there long term, I mean, I've heard what, you know, is misconstrued information, like as if, like, you know, a couple other employees might have said whatever happened, right? And they just, the employer just jumped the gun and ran with it and said, okay, that's fine. Well, then you don't need to work here anymore, right? So, but like I say, it's it's hearsay. I didn't, I didn't, uh, so you got you got to discuss it with the union. Union is the only one that can help pursue it. So good luck, Chris. Chris, appreciate your time. It is one twenty seven four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred is the number. Georgina, good afternoon. Hi, how are you? Great. What's uh, what's on your mind? Um, so I've been off since March. I'm in dental, and we're going back tomorrow. Uh, but I've been asked to sign a letter. Um, stating that, um, just to summarize it, uh, stating that if the, they're going to reassess, if the company doesn't get back to its 70% uh, pre-pandemic production, then we may be asked to take a pay cut or reduced hours. So I'm not sure if I need to sign a letter like this. Well, it's a question of what does it do? I haven't seen the document. Does it ask you to accept that pay cut, or is it just acknowledging that they told you that they may be in a position to ask you to take a pay cut. You know what I mean? You should I never agree you should never agree in advance to take a pay cut. Okay? So if that's what it asks you to do, absolutely not. Uh, if they want to impose a pay cut, they'll impose it and then you will have the choice to either accept that pay cut or to treat that as a constructive dismissal. But Georgina, you should never just sign a document agreeing to a pay cut. I see. Okay. So, okay, I did ask him prior. He said it's not a legal document. Um, so it's just it just uh it's um it's just signing below you hereby acknowledge and agree to the terms of this agreement well no no as soon as you say agreement that's a legal document right by definition an agreement an agreement is a contract and a contract is a legal document so georgina my best advice and this is going to always be my advice whenever someone is asked to sign a legal document is do not sign it without me seeing it first because obviously it's hard for me to say what it does and what it doesn't do without uh, seeing it so i would want you to either email it to me you can fax it you can take a a picture on it uh, of it with your phone and send it to me by email but let me see it before you sign it okay i appreciate it okay thank you Thank you so much, Georgina. That is why you call in. That is why, right there, man. You just you want to get out and save yourself a lot of a lot of strife by doing something you shouldn't be doing. Georgina, here is that email address: help at employmentlawyer.ca, and the phone number to reach uh, Lior and the team afterwards: one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. We'll take a short break. Get right back at it. Your phone calls coming up. We got lots of room. Bring it on, and plenty of time left in the show. Four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred is the number. Employment Law Show. Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. 
It is one thirty-one. Welcome back to the Employment Law Show. Your uh, phone calls, bring them on. We have room and we have time. 416-870-6400 for the uh, rest of this half hour here on this beautiful Sunday. You want to email a question, it is help at employmentlawyer.ca. And anytime, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca is a wonderful website, absolutely free, anonymous, and a wealth of information there as well. In the meantime, common misconceptions with respect to severance as we uh, get through this list here. Another one is this one, and we get this all the time. People say, you know, I, I work for a federally, federally regulated company, and thereby feder- uh, feder- uh, that word federally <laughs> regulated employers have to pay less severance. No, no, I'm scared to say the word. Yeah, no uh, Provincially, I can handle federal. See, I can't do it. Federally, federally, yeah, John. Federally, okay, no problem. <laughs> Well, some employees work for federally regulated uh, employers, mm-hmm. uh, people that work for railways, for banks, for TV and radio. Uh, right. Those are regulated federally. And there's this misconception, as you've just said, that those employees, the ones regulated federally, get less severance or, or different severance than provincially regulated employees. Well, let's be very clear and let's nip that misconception right in the butt. And that is this. Federally regulated employees get the same severance as all other employees. Remember the factors, age, position, and length of employment. So whether you work for a bank or you work for a credit union, for example, that's regulated provincially, it doesn't matter. Your severance is going to be the same. Uh, Now, your minimum termination entitlements may be different if you're federally or provincially regulated, but your full entitlements, which is really all that matters, we call those common law entitlements as well, are the same. So it's not a week's pay or two weeks pay or any of that. You get the same amount of severance. And keep in mind, for most people, that's going to be measured in months. Anywhere, you you know, when it comes to uh, jobs, and I'm not talking about kind of part-time minimum wage jobs. When, when it comes to, you know, regular full-time jobs, severance starts usually at three months and is all the way up to 24 months. So that's the range for most people. Again, and it's going to go up or down depending on those three factors. But federally or provincially, you get severance. And, John, federally, federally. Yeah, I'll, I'll work on that when I'm done here. Not really. Um, <laughs> where, where does that misconception come from? Is, is it, the, is it the, uh, the, uh, the minimums that you slipped in there? Is that where the uh, misconception comes from? Exactly, yes. So the, the minimum for most people that are federally regulated, you get two weeks pay plus another day per, per year of service, but it doesn't matter. Who cares? You can. Right. I just said that to forget it. As soon as I, uh, you heard me say it, you can forget it because it doesn't matter. Your full entitlements, which is really what you are actually owed, are going to be different. They're the same as provincially regulated. So remember that if you are for federal or provincial, it's the same. That's the number to call in now and talk to us for the uh, remainder of the show. Hilton, hello there. How are you? Very good. How are you doing? Good, sir. What's uh, what's on your mind? Okay, so we are a small uh, employer. I help my daughter out with her business. And we put our people onto EI in the middle of March. Uh, And from what I understand, they were then automatically put onto CERB. We've now hired them back. We've been going for two weeks. And one of our people asked us, do I apply his EI um, renewal comes up this week? Uh, Does he keep applying for EI because he's not going to earn more than $1,000 in this month? Or if he does, does he get penalized because he went on to EI? Right. So, so yeah, he can continue applying if he's less earning less than $1,000 a month. So, essentially, he can treat this as if you had never called him back and continue applying as if he was still off. 
All right. Okay. So right. now keep in mind he can get that, and what he's actually getting is not EI. He's getting CERB. Uh, he can get that for a, four months. So four months from whenever he started back in in March. Now if he right. is not back to work, uh, then he could potentially switch over to EI at the end of that. But for now, if he's earning less than a thousand dollars a week, he can continue applying just like he has been since March when you laid him off. Okay. And if he does, um, if you know, as we increase our hours, if he does go over $1,000 a month? Does he stop applying for EI and just... Exactly. Yes. At that point, he stops applying. He doesn't qualify. And, and once you, you go past that, once it's $1,000 and one and over, then he doesn't qualify anymore. Okay. Not to complicate it. So if he's applying this week, but up till now, he hasn't earned 1000 he should then apply again. But next time he applies, he's then earned more than 1000 He stops applying. Does That's that right. Sense? That makes sense. That's exactly how it works. Correct. Okay. Fantastic. Listen, love your show. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, thanks, Hilton. Anytime, feel free to call for uh, with more questions. That's why we do it. Clear it up in about uh, a minute and a half. Nicely done. So you want to make that call as well. That's that's how it works. 416-870-6400 to call in for the remainder. Email is help at employmentlawyer.ca. And we're talking about common misconceptions uh, with respect to severance. This one's a big one as well. Being quote-unquote on contract means you <laughs> don't get severance, right? So people have various definitions or understandings of what it means to be quote-unquote on contract. Some people think that that means they're an independent contractor. Some people think they mean it means that they're on a, on a fixed-term uh, agreement where they, they don't work indefinitely. They only work for a specific period of time. So let, let's address that. The only people that don't get severance are those that are actually not employees in the eyes of the law. So you're not an employee if you're in business for yourself. If you have a bunch of customers, uh, you know you don't work exclusively for someone for one person. You you market your services to try to get more customers. Your plumbers, your electricians, you know those guys are independent contractors. So if I have a plumber that that uh, I'm I'm calling to fix my problems, and now I decide to not use this plumber and use another plumber, well I don't have to pay the plumber any severance because he was never my employee. But most people that are supposedly on contract or considered to be independent contractors are actually employees in the eyes of the law. If you have a regular job and you go to work uh, and then you go home and you come back and you do the same thing, then you are an employee, meaning if that relationship ends, you have to get paid your full severance. This is an extremely, extremely common situation. Uh, people are misclassified all the time. Uh, employers and employees believe that, well, if I sign a document saying that I'm an independent contractor, well, that makes me an independent contractor. Wrong, wrong, wrong. It doesn't matter. Anyone can sign a piece of paper that doesn't change what you actually are. If you look like an employee and act like an employee, you are an employee regardless of whether you wrote down that you were a contractor. It does not matter. Now, that's important for many things, but we're talking about severance, and it's especially important for severance. You may be let go and thinking, oh, crap, I'm not going to be able to get my severance because I'm, I, I agreed not to be an employee. No, no, no. If the law considers you to be an employee, even though you don't consider yourself to be an employee, you will still get your severance. Now, for the other category of people that are supposedly on contract, those that are on fixed-term contracts, maybe for six months or 12 months, remember the rule. If you're on a fixed-term 
agreement, the Frick's term contract, if your employer lets you go before the end of that contract, they still have to pay you the balance of it. So you work for a company on a one-year contract, they let you go after five months. Well, they have to pay you for the last seven months. So guess what? On contract still means you get severance. How about the dependent contractor? How does that factor in? So we know about employees, and I just talked about independent contractors. There's a category in between. So you're not quite an employee. You're not quite an independent contractor. You're a dependent contractor. Dependent contractor is someone that's in business for himself, so not an employee, but is financially dependent on one customer. So if you have three customers, but one of them is your big one, one of them, you really depend on them financially. If they let you go, you're, you'd be in trouble, then you're, you're considered a dependent contractor. And the reason that's important is if you're a dependent contractor and that big client lets you go, you're owed severance as if you were an employee. So not only do employees get severance, we know that, dependent contractors, those that are you know, financially dependent on one person or one company, also get severance. So, so important to get advice. And remember, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca has a tool that allows you to find out if you're a contractor or if you're an employee. You want to reach out afterwards as well, make a phone call now when we're off the air, one 821 5900 and help at employmentlawyer.ca is the email address. But to call in for the remainder of the show, you got to give or take 20 minutes or so, 416-870-6400, Employment Law Show, Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. I'll let him finish. 144, it's a, a Sunday afternoon. It's a beauty. The phone lines are open. They're quiet, but we got room for you. 416-870-6400. Email is help at employmentlawyer.ca. Want to move on to more of these common misconceptions with respect to severance. Next one is this. Your employer knows. Oh, yeah, your employer knows how much severance you wrote. <laughs> you know, it's it's important to keep this in mind because if you believe your employer knows and then you're getting that severance letter and says, okay, uh, we're going to pay you three-month severance. You look at that and think, okay, well, this is my employer. They're, they're more experienced than me. They're a big company. They have resources. So if they say it's three months, it's three months. No, 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 no. First of all, you, you, you can never assume your employer knows because oftentimes employers, even large employers, even sophisticated employers may not understand or appreciate how much they're owed because they're not lawyers, all right? So you can never, ever assume that. Uh, and if you assume that, you'll be wrong. But the other thing you have to understand is this. Your employer in some situations may know how much you're owed, but they may hope that you don't. And if you think, well, just because they said three months, that's the right number, you would be wrong and, and you would be walking away from entitlements that you have. It's your job, the employee, to figure out how much you're owed and to figure out whether that offer is fine. And you do that before you sign. You don't do that after you sign because guess what? By then it's too late. Every week I speak with people and we've spoken with hundreds of people on this show over the years and I speak in the office with people all the time where they call me in a, in a huff and very concerned because they just realized that that offer they just accepted days ago was inadequate. Too late, unfortunately. So no, your employer doesn't necessarily know. Even the best employers, they, the employers that want to treat you fairly, they may believe that the offer that they made you is a good and a fair offer. It doesn't mean that it is. 
Remember, they may not know. That's why you don't have to sit and doubt and, and figure out, is it? How do I know? I told you how to find out. PocketEmploymentLawyer.ca. In seconds, you can find out how much you're owed, if the offer is adequate. And if you go to PocketEmploymentLawyer.ca and it says you're owed six months pay and your employer's offered you three, then you know it's wrong and now we can deal with it. Now we can improve it. It's not hard. In many cases, we can educate your employer and it's not confrontational and it's not something that's going to destroy the relationship. So you have to inform yourself. Don't assume that your employer has informed itself. We're talking about the common misconceptions with respect to severance. Now, this one, if a company shuts down, you don't get severance. You're done. And this is unfortunately has been happening often now because of COVID-19. Companies have stopped operating and employees are wondering, well, what does that mean? Do I get severance? So let's be clear. The only time that you would not get severance in a situation like that is if a company has filed for bankruptcy. Uh, that means that they have more more debt than they have assets, means that they owe more uh, more money or too much money to their secured creditors. And that does likely mean you're not going to get paid your severance, or if you do, it's going to be pennies on the dollar. But shutting down, stopping to operate, or it doesn't mean uh, that they're bankrupt, not at all. In many cases, a company may choose to stop operating because the business is not profitable, but they may have assets, you know, the building, uh, equipment, uh, they may have accounts receivable. Uh, so bottom line is that doesn't mean at all you don't get severance. If you're working for a company and the company's shut down, that may mean you have to act quickly. You can't sit on your rights and see and hope that things get better and at some point you'll get a check. We may have to force the issue, but being out of business does not mean you don't get severance. 416-870-6400. That is the number to call in, ask your questions. Kevin, thanks for hanging on. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Well, I'm on the other side of the point. I'm a business owner. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, yeah, there's a lot that's happened here during COVID. And I can't get past what the what this gentleman just got finished saying. If a company has to shut down because of COVID, what's he suggesting the people that uh, this guy has gone out and employed people for? What is he supposed to just allow them to sit back and rape and pillage his company? Are you kidding me? Kevin, uh, the law is the law. I mean, you're not upset with me. Maybe you're upset with the law, but everybody works hard for their money. Okay. You can't turn around and tell people just, you know, the law is the law. There's sure I can. wrong too, buddy. You've got to get off your ass and do and work. Everybody's got to get off their ass and work. You can't just tell them to go and hassle every little small business owner. Kevin, Are Kevin, you- I assure you, however, however many hours a week you work, double them, and you're still not going to get to how much, how many hours I work. But that's not the point, okay? The point is an employer has the ability to deal with these issues and to contract for, from these liabilities. So an yeah, employer yeah. can't I avoid doing, you. Kevin, yeah. an employer can't avoid doing what it can do and then complain that the law is too hard on them. Okay. okay? I originally called in to ask a question, but now you just, you kind of pissed me off. Okay. Well, you kind of okay. pissed me off. That's all right. Because <laughs> yeah. you're, a, you're, a, you're a business owner too, right, Leor? I mean, that's just the way it is. You're, you, know, you, you run a company as well. You got 80 people underneath you. I'm sure some of them, if they wanted not to be off, they could say, you know what, give me my severance, and you got to let them. Absolutely. And, and, you know, my business has been affected by this like everyone else's has. And, and you know, I, I, I honestly, John, I don't have patience for people that complain to me that I have the audacity to inform others about the law. 
Okay, I don't make up the law. So it, it, it's silly. It's silly, silly to say, well, how dare you tell people what their legal rights are? That's going to hurt the employer. It's better that they don't know and that the employer can get away with it. Nonsense. I'm sorry. I don't have any patience for that. The law is the law. If the law changes, I'll tell you what the law is. And a smart employer can deal with these issues. But if you're not going to be proactive and, and just hire employees and hope for the best, you're going to have to deal with the law. That's what contracts are for. You can contract yourself to safety if you're an employer, yes? That's exactly right. You, you, you can, and if you don't do that, then you, you're going to have exposure. So, uh, you know, you, you can't have it both ways, right? We'll take a few, uh, couple seconds here to take a break and realign. 416-870-6400 is the number. You want to slide in a phone call in the remaining few minutes, no problem. Email is help at employmentlawyer.ca. It's the Employment Law Show, Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back indeed. Last few minutes of the show for this uh, Sunday afternoon. It's a beauty. I'm sure you're going to get out there and enjoy the rest of it for sure. Uh, 416-870-6400 is the number you want to use to call in. We'll get to uh, Danny quickly. Hey, Danny, how are you? Not too bad, thank you. How are you doing, Lior? Doing great, Danny. Thanks. Um, I got a, a question for you. I've just been accepted beyond the two-year point now. I got the phone call from the insurance company say, okay, we've accepted you to what's called long duration now. Yep. We will only be contacting you on maybe once in a second. Bad connection there, brother. You still there? Uh, yeah, I can't hear you, Danny. Hello? Yeah, Danny, you're going through a tunnel or something. You still got it there? Yeah, can you hear me now? Yeah. There you go. Okay, go ahead. Oh, yeah, I'm in a good spot. I'll pull over here. Yep, yeah, so good I've idea. Been, just been accepted into the long duration, and uh, the insurance company called me and said, okay, you're in long duration now. We'll only need an assessment from your doctor once a year now. And I know that the has got good advice on what I should do to make sure that I maintain my proper procedure with them. Uh, is there anything I have to do on my end? They said we only have to contact you once a year now and get an assessment. But should I be doing anything, or can they cut me off in a year? Or because they said they're, they said now they would support me till I'm 65. Now does that mean I don't need to do anything till I'm 65, or once a year I have to make sure I have a proper assessment? Or are they checking me out all the time? What, what should I do at this point? Yeah, no, that's a great question. And the fact that they've said 65, that's not a guarantee that they're not going to try to cut you off at some point. Hopefully they won't, and hopefully this will be smooth and, and fine. But uh, what you have to do is make sure that once a year they're going to ask for an update from, you, from your doctor. Make sure that your doctor says that your condition hasn't changed. Make sure that your doctor says that you're following the treatment plan because you're not just out there avoiding the treatment plan and that your ability to work or inability to work has not changed. Now, your doctor would have done this before, I'm sure, with many patients, so he or she should know what to do. But the idea being you're following your treatment and there's no real change to your condition. If those two things, the doctor says they should keep you on. If they decide at some point to, to cut you off or to ask too many questions or to threaten, reach out to me. But you probably are going to be okay because it's getting past that two-year mark that, that's the hard part. Right. And uh, I mean, of course, if my situation gets better, of course, I'd be more than happy to go back to work. Of course. And my doctor says that I'm still in that situation. I should I guess I only need to report once a year now. And and that's pretty much it. Like, are they going to be wise? 
me and all that kind of stuff or just maintain what I'm doing? Maintain what you're doing. It's unlikely that they're going to you know, do surveillance or anything like that. Maintain what you're doing, and your doctor will also know exactly what to say in this situation. Get to uh, Sean here. Got a couple minutes. Hey, Sean, how are you? Yeah, pretty good. Yourself? Good. What's uh, what's on your mind, pal? Hey, um, what's on my mind is uh, we work. Uh, I work for a landscape company, and uh, we're like, uh, or we work. Uh, say that we're essential services because we look after hospitals. And uh, just last week, uh, my employer said that he was going to take. He was only going to pay us for three statutory holidays, but we used to get the paid for them like for the last, uh, like uh, probably seventeen years for me. Right, and they said they're not going to do that anymore. Well, they said they're only going to pay us for three, and they're trying to blame it on this COVID thing. And I'm thinking, well, we, we, like, I mean, I didn't start, the, like, I, I want to ask you first, because I almost remember you talking about this issue before, saying that if they gave it to us before, they got to continue doing so. Correct. Yeah, they do have to, to continue doing so. So because they've done that, they, because they've, they've paid you, that's actually something you can file a complaint with the Ministry of Labor for. So Because so, you don't want to leave your job. You just want to get paid for what you're owed. So for that, yes, you can file a complaint with the, ministry, uh, with the Ministry of Labor if you can't convince your employer to do the right thing. And the Ministry of Labor will then get involved and order your employer to pay. But you're right. No, if they've paid it, they have to continue paying it. Okay, so I would just bring this to his attention, like, obviously separately, because, I mean, uh, you know, it is what it is, because I don't want to bring it up in front of everybody. But, I mean, it is what it is, and then, and then that's just the way it is, correct? Exactly. Tell him you've got some advice. That's what you understand. And encourage him to get his own advice on that. Uh, hopefully that would resolve it, and you won't have to take it any further. Yeah, because I got a feeling I'll be calling the show quite often, because it seems like it's going to be a curveball every time. And like well, I called you guys on three separate occasions because of like with him saying that everything stays the same with me because I've been like uh, like they've taken over a new company, but they they keep throwing curveballs at me and I'm I, like I I feel like I'm I gotta call you guys all the time just to clarify things. Well, we're always here, Joseph, or Sean, I should say. Or Sean, yes. Sorry. Well, thank you very much, and uh, this helps a lot. Thank you very much. Thank for, you. Uh, Helping everybody. Thanks, Sean. Yeah, appreciate it. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. If you want to reach out further, you can do so. Uh, 1-855-821-5900. That is the number to get a hold of Lior and team. PocketEmploymentLawyer.ca, the website. And email is help at employmentlawyer.ca as well. We'll catch you next time. Employment Law Show right here, Global News Radio. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. Opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.